This is the Nearside Low Podcast, brought to you by Missouri Water Polo. For all highlights, scores, and updates, please visit www.mowaterpolo.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at Nearside Low, or Instagram at Nearside Low underscore podcast. Here we are, Nearside Low Podcast, Season 3, Episode 3. That's kind of a tongue twister, Ray. Um, but uh, we are back, and the first thing I wanted to point out, Ray, I, we didn't put this in our notes, but um, you just got matched. Is that right? I did. I will be starting at St. Louis Children's Hospital in July. So in July. So we want to say congrat- congratulations to you. If you guys see Ray on the pool deck, give him a big congratulations. He's moving on to bigger and better things, but the bright side is, folks, he's still going to be in St. Louis, so uh, I will force him to continue to do the podcast with me. <laughs> and yeah, so uh, we will see how that how that happens, but congratulations to you, man. That's, that's great news. So anyhow, so moving on to water polo related uh, material, we always like to start out with our question of the week. And our question of the week ended up being, uh, where did we prefer having games before, or starting games before spring break, during spring break, or after spring break? And it's no surprise, Ray, although we only received 18 total votes, 56% of our fans believe that we should start games before spring break. And I put in our notes here that the fans are hungry for water polo. So um, nobody really seemed to want to wait for after spring break. And having games during spring break obviously is slightly difficult. So um, probably a question that we had an expectation for what answer we were thinking. But is what it is, um, you know, and spring break's there. So we've got to deal with it. Any thoughts on that, Ray? I mean, I, I agree with that sentiment. I, I I feel like sometimes when games start after spring break, our season's even more condensed. Um, I, I like having it spread out a little bit. It's nice teams getting to go to Chicago a little bit earlier in the season. Uh, and so that rolls us into our new question of the week. And, Ray, this was all yours, so I'm going to let you take the lead. Yeah, so uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the SLU Parkway West game that just happened here in a little bit. That I, I was thinking I, I always enjoy going to watch water polo games over parkway west uh obviously with the the acoustics in that environment it's just gets very loud uh it can be a real it can be a hard place to ref just because you've got to listen for the whistles and the horns especially when it gets uh so loud in there so i was just going to ask what's your favorite place to watch a water polo game obviously pools that are all deep are probably better places to play the game but we're just going to throw out a couple couple places uh where is your favorite place or favorite environment to watch a water polo game. All right, and we will so. post that on Twitter. We hope you come and vote. Um, Ray and I will kind of discuss. We'll pick some of the places we think are good. So don't be offended um, if we don't have one for you to vote on of a place that you think is great. If you do think it's great, tweet at us. Um, we'd, be, we'd love to hear about that and, and uh, obviously uh, talk about that on the podcast. So um, that is our question of the week. So stay tuned for that. Um, and moving on, we always like to do a recap of the games. And Ray, it has been a while. Um, unfortunately, I was on. Well, fortunately, I was on spring break for for a week, <laughs> and so we were we were unable to record. I was on the beautiful slopes of uh, of Banff National Park up in Canada with my wife and her family. But we had a lot of action uh, before I left, and we had a lot of action obviously tonight. So let's talk about that. What do you What do you want to tip off first? So why don't we start with the Smet versus Kirkwood, which happened on March fifteenth, so a couple weeks ago. Uh, DeSmet pulled out a 9-8 win over Kirkwood. It was a tie game, and Alex Pullman scored the game-winning goal with under a minute left for DeSmet to put them ahead 9-8. But uh, exciting game uh, just because 
in this week's poll, which we'll talk about a little bit later, just Mets five, Kirkwood six. Um, just shows you how close some of the games can be in the area. So looking for, I, I still have not seen the Smet play yet, but i uh, really looking forward to seeing both those teams play. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. So um, definitely pretty exciting. Um, we had three teams travel to Chicago, or actually maybe four teams travel to Chicago the weekend before spring break. Parkway West, obviously Lindbergh, Lafayette, and I think Parkway Central was up there also. As far as scores go, if you want to hear about how Lafayette did, we do have uh, Coach Jamie Wackerly on a little bit later. He talks a little bit about their trip to Chicago, um, so he can highlight some of that. Interesting fact about them, they had to Iron Man their games while they were up there because um, they just didn't have enough players. Ray, I, don't, I, I didn't follow too much on Lindbergh. I know they won some close ones, um, lost some close ones, um, and, and fared pretty well in their tournament up there. Do you have anything to add on them? Yeah, uh, so Lindbergh finished third in the Mundelein invite. They finished with an 8-4 win in their final game. It seemed like a successful weekend for them up in Chicago. All right, and then the Longhorns headed to the Fenwick tournament, and we had uh, we had some we had some barn burners. Won our first game twelve eight against Curie, who was in the top twenty five there at uh, on illpolo.com. Um, then we matched up with Saint Rita, who I think won the MICDS Lafayette tournament last year. They came down. I think that's what they told me. We lost to them, I think, by a goal. Then we had another game against New Trier, won by a goal, and then we lost our final game for the fifth place. So we ended up sixth again. Against uh, Nequa Valley, um, and we lost by a goal. So as I told the boys, um, we drove five hours, and we had one one goal win and two one goal losses, um, and that's kind of obviously why we do those things. So uh, pretty exciting. It was all deep pool, um, and it's always fun to match up against the Chicago teams and just kind of see the the style of play that is different from uh, us and them. So SLU versus Parkway West was uh, Monday night at Parkway West. As we expected, coming in, SLU was ranked number one. Parkway West was ranked number two. These teams will certainly face each other later in the season, so I was expecting a close game, and that's exactly what we got. Uh, SLU ended up winning 10-8. to it was, it was a game of runs, so uh, SLU went up 8-4. to Parkway West got a number of goals to tie it up at 8, with uh, just about two minutes left to play in the game, and SLU scored the final two goals to win 10-8. to So, in a lot of ways, both teams made uh, some mistakes that you might expect in that spring break was last week for both teams. Uh, that was SLU's first game of the season. West was on, on break last week as well. So there's a lot of things both teams can uh, tidy up. Uh, it was great to see a filled Parkway West. I mean, both places were, was rocking, wasn't it? were packed. So, uh, I mean, it was just great atmosphere. And hopefully it's foreshadowing what we're going to see later in the season uh, with some good games as well. Uh, we we're lucky to have. Uh, Greg Uptain was there tonight, as well as a photographer, so hopefully we'll have... Yeah, we'll have some uh, water polo in the news. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Which we're actually, I guess, going to touch on next. But I know, Ray, there's a couple games we want to highlight that are coming up. Right, so uh, this Friday is going to be Lindbergh versus DeSmet. Uh, Lindbergh is currently ranked tied for third. DeSmet's currently ranked fifth. So uh, that should be a good game on Friday night. And then next Monday, April 1st, you get Parkway West against Lindbergh, SLU against Parkway South. So um, that'll be one of the first big matchups for Parkway South. Uh, they are currently also tied for third. We'll definitely be excited to see how that how that game fits. Right, and the, the, the Parkway West-Lindbergh game is at Lindbergh. The SLU-Parkway South game is, do you know if it's at FOPO or at P-South? That one is at Forest Park. At Forest Park, all right. So some interesting games you might want to check out. And then obviously the Lindbergh versus DeSmet this Friday will be at Lindbergh. 
that that one's actually part of the Pattonville ah, tournament. Ah, okay. So, you are right. Okay, so um, that would be at Pattonville. Correct. So the, the Pattonville invites going on Thursday through Saturday. Uh, Lindbergh, Desmet, Parkway North, CBC, Ledoux, Marquette, Lafayette, and Panville. So uh, there should be some pretty good games in that tournament as well. It's always great playing in an all-deep pool like Panville. would encourage you to check out some of those games Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Okay. And then in addition, we, we'll talk a little bit later, but uh, there's a girls' tournament going on at Lafayette this weekend. Uh, that one will be exciting because it's the first girls' tournament in the area in seven years. Definitely encourage you to check out some of those games at Lafayette as well. Okay, cool. Uh, moving on, water polo in the news. Um, you just mentioned tonight Greg Uptain was at the Parkway West Auditorium, um, and he had a photographer with him, so I would uh, I would assume there will be an article out here pretty shortly post our recording here, so check that out on stltoday.com. Um, I mentioned earlier to you, Ray, that I know I had talked to Warren Mays from the West County News Magazine, and obviously he only uh, works with some of the schools out in West County, but I know they were going to do a water polo preview, um, so you know Parkway West, all the parkways, some of the Rockwoods and stuff like that. I'm sure there'll be there'll be something out there. I, w- I was looking around there today. I haven't seen anything yet. Um, and I know that um, you mentioned Earl Austin. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, so obviously I go to St. Louis University, so uh, very in tune with the Billiken basketball team. But Earl Austin is obviously one of the commentators for that. He's been going around this last, last year going to see a lot of high school events. And he tweeted out this weekend that after Billiken basketball is over, He's going to be going to a lot of spring sports, and he mentioned that hopefully he was going to be coming to some water polo games. So hopefully we'll see him poolside, but definitely if you see those tweets on Twitter, go out and favor them, encourage Earl Austin to come out. Greg Uptain was tweeting during the game tonight at Parkway West as well. So the more we can support these people, show them appreciation for their work, hopefully that means more water polo uh, we're going to see in the news. So definitely appreciate all those people, and hopefully we'll be seeing more coverage this year. Fast break forum. Ray, I just wrote down that it is dead. Uh, we've <laughs> had a couple of people post about stats, which I think is great. Um, so we're pretty much going to quit talking about it. We hope people go on there, keep it clean, be nice to the kids, realize everybody's working hard. Um, so if you do have something to discuss there, be polite is kind of our big thing. We kind of touched a little bit already on some upcoming tournaments and games. Ray, do you want to re-highlight? I think we talked about the Lafayette Girls Tournament, Parkway North, Lafayette, Melville, and Oakville. We talked a little bit more about that with our interview um, with uh, head coach Jamie Wackerly of Lafayette. So if you guys want to fast forward ahead, can uh, you can hear about that. And then Ray, I think you already touched on the Pattonville Pattonville tournament, Group A, Lindbergh, Desmet, Parkway North, and CBC. In Group B, Ledoux, Marquette, Lafayette, and Pattonville. So should be some pretty good matchups um, in a beautiful, beautiful all deep facility um, at Pattonville. So they they run a good show there. So if you're interested in checking out some polo, that's probably a place to go check it out at. Moving on to our team of the week. Team of the week. So uh, Coach Cutelli and I were uh, debating this for a little bit. Um, obviously, <laughs> there's been there's been a couple games in the past past two weeks, but um, not a ton. I'm going to go with the team of the week with Coach Wackerly on is Lafayette. Uh, I mean, it's always I, – I always remember, especially in college, whenever I played games with seven players, I, I remember dreading having to be in the pool that long. The fact that they went up to Chicago and played really well uh, with only seven players I think really speaks well to – to that team, uh, it's going to be exciting, especially as Coach is going to talk about here in a little bit, uh, to see that team grow, especially not having uh, four-year seniors playing with them right now. But great tournament up in Chicago for them. They will be our team of the week. 
Ryan, all right. Congratulations to Lafayette. And that being said, uh, the top 10 was released by Dave Jimenez. We talk, uh, we actually have Coach Wackerly talk a little bit about his thoughts on the top 10 um, towards the end of his interview. Ray, do you guys have any thoughts on, on, on any of that? Yeah, I'll, I'll just say, I mean, so now we're starting to get a little bit deeper into the season. I think the top 10 is starting to mold more into what the actual abilities of these teams are. This week, you see Parkway South moving up from five to being tied for three. Um, you also see uh, Ledoux took a couple hard losses last week um, and moved from six in the polls to this week being number 10 in the poll. It's going to be interesting. I think this next week, as we talked about some of these games coming up with Parkway South, Lindbergh, Smet, Slough, Parkway West, all, all five of those top five teams play another team in the top five this week. So I think even next week we'll have a better picture of where some of these teams are. Right. All right. And I think so, the, hey. other, the other thing I'll say is I think the, the game tonight between Parkway West and SLU also indicates that this is going to be a long season and these teams could go anywhere in that top five. I mean, both both teams are capable of winning that game tonight. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch them as well as some of these other teams we've talked about compete for the rest of the season. And the, the Mondays of death, as I call them. You know what I mean? It's just matchup after matchup after matchup. So it should be fun. So, yeah, congratulations to Slew and John Penelia tonight for the win. Uh, I know that was, uh, you know, his first varsity game, so we want to send him a shout-out. A well-coached team and, and thought they played well. The only thing I'll say is the thing I really enjoyed about that game tonight was uh, not only were the fans very respectful and very into it, but I thought the game was well-officiated as well. So uh, it was just a great environment. I'm really looking forward to more games like that through the rest of the season. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you to Steve and Lance for being there. I know it was kind of rowdy and loud and uh, probably not the easiest place to ref in as it is not the easiest place to coach in on a regular basis. So um, anyhow, that completes, I think, Season 3, Episode 3 in Nearside Low Podcast. Stay tuned. Um, you're going to get to hear Jamie Wackerly um, for about 20 or 30 minutes. Um, this is Charlie. This is Ray. And we are signing off. Our Nearside Low podcast, our special guest for this week is head coach of the Lafayette Lancers, Jamie Wackerly. Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Uh, always a pleasure talking to you. So, um, as we like to do with all of our uh, interviewees, if you could give us a brief one to two minute intro as to who you are. I think I, I know you played at Oakville back in the day and, and kind of what brought you to Lafayette and how long you've been there. Sure. So, uh, I played a couple years at Oakville. Uh, I actually started at a private school at St. Mary's uh, and played football and then transferred to Oakville as a sophomore. Played a couple of years before I had a, an injury and could not play my senior year. But uh, So I played a little bit in high school and then kind of stepped away from the game um, after um, graduated from college, was uh, uh, actually working, and a couple of kids uh, said they were looking for a coach out at Lafayette, and um, they put me in contact with the head coach back then, Wally Lunt, um, and they ended up hiring me as his assistant, and I worked under Wally for four years. Um, and then I have been, uh, this will be, I believe, my 15th year as head coach at Lafayette. Congratulations, yeah. Coach. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, still going strong, which is great to see. Right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your team this year? I know that the past couple of years you guys have been pretty big because you've been running, uh, you know, you've been looking for two JV uh, games, I guess, uh, during league play and stuff like that, which is great. So just uh, sure. tell us a little bit about your team. Sure. We have uh, 36 kids in our program. So we are running uh, a varsity and two different JVs. So um, if teams see us this year, they might see our JV black team. They might see our JV white team. Um, they are evenly dispersed um, with uh, players. And uh, and then our varsity has about 12 players on it. We're very young. Um, we have, although we have 
four seniors on varsity. Uh, none of them are four-year players. In fact, we are we have two freshmen and a sophomore on varsity, um, and we are starting a freshman and a sophomore. So we're young and uh, have a real you know strong group um, of juniors, um, and then we're filling in with some of these seniors who who have different levels of experience. You know, we're just really looking forward to a good season. So it, uh, it, it's, go ahead. Ryan. I was going to say it's it's great it's great to see so many kids on your team, thirty six kids as you said. I mean, what's been the key to getting numbers like that at Lafayette? Uh, I wish I knew uh, <laughs> that I could keep doing it, um, but this is our second year in a row, um, and I just have a, a group of kids. I think they're really good at just recruiting their friends. Um, and, and last year I had two girls, and uh, I think they recruited really heavily some other girls. So this year we have seven girls in the program. We actually started with eight, lost one, um, but we have seven total. And I just think that they're really good at recruiting their friends. And, you know, we, we've tried to create an atmosphere where, um, you know, there's a place for everybody. Um, we, we tried to find ways to get everybody some games, um, as we've done last year and this year, and that, I think, you know, in years past, maybe you have some kids who just don't get to play a lot because of the numbers. But now that we've been able to to manage to get these extra games, it's really going to help, I think. You know, we have, I think, nine games for each of the two JV teams this year. Great. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I was, uh, you know, anxiously following Twitter, uh, not, I guess, two weekends ago, because we were in Chicago, as was Lindbergh and you guys. So um, tell us a little bit about the Chicago tournament, how you guys fared, and um, what happened. Sure. Uh, well, you know, this is, uh, we've been going up there for probably over a decade, um, to the, uh, Saxon Invite at Schaumburg High School. Um, unfortunately this year we went with seven players, so we had no subs. We went I saw, Man, I saw you um, tweeting about that Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, yeah, so we, we had no subs. Uh, we played five games. We played one, uh, a regular season game against Hinsdale South, and then we played the tournament at Schaumburg. And I was really concerned that we were going to go up there with seven players, uh, no seniors. Uh, one one freshman and one sophomore of the seven. But, you know, it was a great weekend. Um, we managed to pull out a couple wins. Um, the first game up there was uh, fantastic. We uh, we started off a little slow, uh, first three quarters against Hinsdale South. We ended up down 9-3 to three going into the fourth quarter and came back and outscored them 7-1 in the fourth to head it to overtime um, and did get a win in overtime. So we kind of finally started to put some things together. Um, at the end of the game. And as far as I know, um, at least in my 19 years at Lafayette, I'm pretty sure that's the largest comeback we've ever had in the fourth quarter. So that was really exciting. And then we had a nice win over Schaumburg, uh, the host of the tournament on Friday night. And then Saturday, uh, you know, we, we had, we had three games, uh, had a little rough start in the morning, um, ended up tied with the team that finished second place in the tournament, um, with about a minute and a half left and, um, kind of let it slip away at the end. But, uh, you know, they fought hard. Um, by the third game, you could tell they had no subs. They really kind of ran out of steam a little bit. But I was super proud of my kids. You know, they worked hard. Um, nobody gave up. Uh, we never got into foul trouble the whole weekend. We never had to play short. Um, they managed to play defense uh, cleanly and stay out of the stay out of the corner. And so, you know, I was just really proud of the group. And, you know, as much as I would have loved to have seen our whole complement of players there and seen how we would have done, that wasn't what our uh, hand was dealt. And so, you know, they just did the best they could and couldn't be more proud of what they did. Yeah, it sounds like an awesome learning experience and great to see you guys got some valuable games up there. So um, we wanted to talk a little bit about the girls tournament coming up in Lafayette this weekend. Uh, really excited that this is going to be the first girls tournament in the area since 2012. Uh, talk a little bit about about the tournament, who's going to be in it, uh, why you guys are doing it, and uh, some exciting things about it. 
Sure. So this will be the first year that Lafayette's ever had enough girls to participate in a girls game. And so um, we actually are going to play Marquette on Tuesday this week um, for the first ever girls game for Lafayette. And then we have the tournament this weekend. There are four teams. We have Oakville, Melville, Parkway North, um, and, and Lafayette. And unfortunately, uh, we, we could have had another one. It, it just didn't fall. It didn't uh, happen. But, uh, you know, to me, it's just really exciting to see these girls have an opportunity to play the game you know, the kind of the way it's designed for them with the correct size ball and, you know, really showcase what they can do. I think sometimes, um, you know, we, we've had some girls that have done really well against the boys, but boy, I'd really like to have seen, you know, some of these kids playing against uh, other girls with the correct size ball and, and really showcase what they, what their talents are. I know I had a, a really talented, uh, you know, girl a couple of years ago who went off to play in college and, you know, she was fantastic and just, you know, went off to play in college and I would have just loved to have seen her play and do her thing you know, playing with other girls and so forth. So I think it's going to be a really good opportunity. I know my, my kids are super excited. Uh, you know, they are just chomping at the bit for the opportunity to play this game tomorrow and this tournament this weekend. And it'll really give them a chance to play in a role that may be a little bit different than what they do when they're playing with the guys. Um, I think sometimes they, 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 they sit back a little bit and they defer to the boys. Um, and this will kind of force some of them to kind of take on a little bit more of a leadership role in the pool and, go in and maybe mix it up a little bit at two meter, which they, they don't always do um, when they're playing with the boys. <laughs> so uh, thoughts on trying to, you know, maybe incorporate an all girls district title towards the end of the year. I think we have, we have four teams, you know, is that something that, that maybe would interest you? Oh, I think that would be a fantastic idea. You know, I actually was in the hallway today at school talking to my athletic director and said, you know, um, he's a former wrestling coach. And I said, so this year, uh, Misha added girls wrestling this year. I said, how did that happen? I, I firmly believe if we offered girls water polo, um, we would have a lot more girls come out. I think I could at least double my numbers. Um, and so we kind of had a little conversation about that and, and um, kind of what that process looks like. And he said he was going to go on his end and, and kind of explore it with some of the other ADs and, and see what happens. But um, I think just any opportunity for these kids to get, you know, some some exposure to playing the game, you know, in the with within the rules that are kind of designed for them would be fantastic. Yeah, it's it's great to see uh, coaches like like you at schools where there's already a lot of girls um, trying to go out and make this happen. So hopefully uh, we can see some movement out of the next in this year or in the next couple of years. So absolutely. Um, along along those same lines, I know you've also been involved in trying to grow water polo at the younger levels. I know over the summer. Um, you've held some splash ball clinics. Uh, talk a little bit about that, your, your, what you've done to try and grow water polo, um, even at the younger age groups. Sure. So um, I have a, a younger uh, kid myself who um, just loves the sport. And so um, we, we went to uh, a splash ball kind of thing down at Melville a number of years ago. I think he was like five or six. Um, and it was run by uh, Kevin Kerber and Dave Miller. And it was just a great opportunity, and he loved it every minute of it. And so that kind of fell apart um, when Dave left uh, Melville. And so, you know, I was like, well, I just, you know, I want, I want to have something for my kid to play. And so, you know, couldn't find anything around town. So I said, hey, I, you know, then I'm going to step up and, and start something myself. Um, so we've done it now for a couple summers. Um, it's great. Um, I do it really low key. I'm just trying to get kids in the water. Um, I think the biggest thing that, you know, hurts the development of our sport is that kids are off playing soccer or baseball or basketball at young ages, and we don't even get to expose them to what water polo is until, 
uh, much later. And so I just wanted to have an opportunity where kids could get in the water. And it's something I think kids naturally like to do, to be in the pool. Kids that are, you know, athletes and, and whatnot and show them that there are things they can do in the pool besides just swimming. And so part of it was selfish, uh, wanting to have something for my own kid, but it's also just helping try and grow the sport. I think it's something we desperately need. Uh, we, we have a lot of our energy, I think, goes into the high school. Um, and I think, you know, I would like to see us have a little bit more energy put into the, the younger levels, which I think will help us build it, build it up even bigger than it is now. So, Jamie, you mentioned uh, you mentioned your son, and we kind of have in our notes here that, uh, as Ray put it, you've got one of the best assistant coaches in the area, uh, obviously referencing your son. So how long has he been on the pool deck with you, and, and what's the experience like having him poolside? And now, obviously, you're getting to see him play a little bit. How's that? Sure. So I think he started sitting on my bench when he was five, uh, once he could swim. Um, just in case he fell in, I wanted to make sure he, he could make it back to the side. Um, and he loves every minute of it. And, you know, it's hard as a parent to, uh, when you're a high school coach and you put in as many hours as you do coaching in addition to working at school all day, it's just a great opportunity for me to spend some time with my son, um, sharing something we're both kind of passionate about. And it, it's funny. He's, uh, you know, uh, your comments about him being, uh, such a, such a good assistant coach is going to just help feed his, uh, his, his ego a little bit on that. So, um, but, you know, he's typical of a kid who, who sits on a bench with a parent who's a coach. You know, he absorbs everything. He learns a lot about the game. And um, he's, he's very knowledgeable because of it. And, you know, he, you know, he, he shows that when he plays. He's, he played the last two summers with Slap. Um, and he, um, uh, the first summer, he just kind of went to practices. And then this past summer, he was able to get in some games and, you know, it's just really fun to sit up in the stands as a spectator and, and watch him play and, you know, and just and just watch him polo as well. But, you know, it's just really fun to see him doing things that I know that, you know, he's picked up from just sitting and listening to me talk to my my team and um, things like that. So very exciting. Awesome. So uh, as we start to wrap things up, uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on the top ten whenever we have a coach on with us. Uh, we like to get their impression based on some of the teams they've already seen. Um, and what they've they've heard from around the area. So, uh, top ten was released on Monday night, and the new top ten has Slough as number one, Parkway West number two, Lindbergh and Parkway South tied at three, Desmet at five. Any any thoughts on any of those teams, Coach? Uh, you know, it's a little early in the season. Um, I've I've only seen Lindbergh. Um, they handed it up to us pretty good. Um, I thought they were a really solid team up and down their entire lineup. Um, they were really solid. Um, haven't had a chance to see anybody else play, but I think all five of those teams are probably definitely right in the mix. You know, it's hard early in the season because you're partially basing it on what they've done in the past. But, you know, you look at some of those programs that have been year in and year out, they're, they're really solid. And, you know, I think they're kind of what we aspire to be at Lafayette, and we've, we've not been able to manage to sustain success at that level. Um, but it's certainly our goal, and, and I think any of those five teams are going to probably give – anybody a good run for their money and then six through ten are kirkwood micds parkway central marquette and ladue rounding out the top ten and lafayette has also received votes um, the last couple weeks as weeks as well so um any thoughts on any of those teams uh well i would say that uh, we we would need to do a little bit more to uh to, to, to warrant those votes at this point but uh um you know i think i think any of those teams that you know kind of makes sense to be in that next tier of teams and you know, we'll be getting a look at Marquette tomorrow, and 
Um, I know a couple of those teams have some exchange students that definitely kind of uh, enters the mix uh, of kids that we're not real familiar with, um, but I've heard have some um, pretty high-level abilities. So, you know, just excited to see all those teams, and, you know, as the season goes on, just seeing how teams match up. Right, so tomorrow night, Tuesday, yes. right, you guys have your home opener against Marquette. What time is that? Our varsity will play at 6.30, uh, followed by the girls' game at 7.30. Okay, and that is all at Lafayette that High School, That is all right? at Lafayette High School. All right, and it's probably free admission, folks, so if you want to watch a, a little rivalry between some of the Rockwood schools, go check out Lafayette versus Marquette. Should be a, should be an interesting one. Ray, you got anything Maybe else? Not. No, all right. Coach Wackerly, want to thank you for coming on. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. And all right. Best of luck tomorrow and the rest of the Thanks. Season. You as well.